Innerin weit. You too. Burning down Innerin weit. Just this. Just now. Just here on this third floor. A lot of the stories that I tell, I got from Sunim over the years. And today I was thinking what snow stories there were. <coughs> I came up with three and decided on this particular one, which some of you may have heard before. It's always different, second and third time around. I remember on the way back to Ann Arbor uh, talking with Wasson, who had come with me, and we, together we wrote down all the stories that Sun told at the Yongmen Junction that year. And it was always like that, trying to remember them. So this one uh, takes place in winter in December in Korea, uh, just before the winter retreat, so it's a hundred days, uh, kind of the middle of December. And already it had been snowy. And at this particular monastery, uh, the uh, monks had been preparing for the 100 day retreat. <coughs> and it was the custom that uh, usually those who were at the retreat would have contacted the monastery at least a couple of months before to say, could, are we please, could I please have my name on the list? Uh, and so the Jujisunim, who is in charge of the uh, monastery, was uh, the one who kept the list and was keeping everything all just right for the retreat. And, uh, it was snowing hard, and uh, there was a big rapping on the gate of the temple. And so uh, he went out, and there was a layman from the village at the bottom of the mountain from the temple. And uh, he'd walked up, and he was covered with snow, and uh, he has long hair, and he said, uh, Sunim, Sunim, I would like to join the retreat. The Jujisun was kind of irritated by the guy. I mean, here he was at the last minute wanting to get into the retreat. Plus, you know, he didn't look like everybody else. He was this villager, you know. It's too late. Oh, can't you do something? Well, I can ask the master, but I'm sure he'll say, you better register more early the next time. So he kind of condescendingly went to ask the master. The master said, sure, let him in. It's really irritating too. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently this story, Shun got this story by actually talking to this, this monk who, had, who I'm talking about who was getting irritated. And um, 
So he had to let this layman in, and he sat him at the back of the meditation hall. And uh, he got more and more irritated because the guy was just not much in accord with what was going on in the meditation hall. There was a really strict kind of behavior required. And uh, so all he was is bowing way too many times and just all over the place. But the days went by, and uh, he settled in a little bit. But the most irritating thing was that he would keep coming to him and saying that he had to go back down the mountain just for the day. Why do you have to go back down the mountain? Well, our little store, my wife doesn't know how to do the banking, so I have to help her. You're supposed to stay put, said the Juji Suna. I just have to take care of my wife and our banking. Okay, you know. So he hoped he wouldn't come back, but sure enough, at the end of the day, there he was again, knocking at the gate, getting back in. The next time he came and he said, it's such a cold and snowy night, I have to go down, sleep with my wife to keep her warm. <laughs> what? <laughs> said the Jujisuman. He was just really very irritated by this guy. And he did that three or four times during the hundred days. He had to go down to keep his wife warm. He said, you know, we have the warm floor here in the monastery, but we do not have the warm floor at my little house, and so I have to be with my wife. Yeah. And it was his daughter's birthday once. And had to go <laughs> so the Juchisun was really irritated with this guy. And it, so the retreat went, and the thing was that he always came back. You know, he obviously had something he had to do, and he came back. It was near the very end of the retreat, and, they, and the master was uh, giving a talk. And uh, so uh, the talk was over, and um, one of the monks said, May I ask a question? I asked, okay. He said, a venerable, and named a, a venerable monk, uh, asks the, the question, what is the meaning of searching for an ox while riding on one? And then the master said, that old knucklehead. And the student who'd asked the question said, why are you calling the venerable master an old knucklehead? That's very disrespectful. Well, the master said, that's not the way for us to have this discussion. You go and get your formal robes on, and you come in front of me and ask the question, and we'll take care of it that way. You know? So the monk went and got his robes on and came and said, everyone moved a little closer. It's a kind of interesting thing because it hadn't happened before. You know? Even the layman, who's always at the back, Master said, okay, ask the question again. And so then the student made vow as he was and asked the question. What is the meaning? And the old master, so-and-so's name, I forget his name, uh, asked, what is the meaning of riding on an ox while looking for one, or looking for an ox while riding on one? And the master simply said, forget about looking for an ox. Pay attention to the one you're riding on. 
And at that moment, there was a big rustle at the back of the hall. Everybody looked around, and the layman had jumped up. He was dancing around. It's wonderful, wonderful. I think he might have been saying, I go, I go. Does that mean amazing or something like that? I go, I go. <laughs> that he had, something had really lit up within him to hear this answer. Why ride it? Look for an ox while you're riding on one. Pay attention to that one. And the others were just a little irritated with the guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the master, you know, he called him. And he took the Thelayan to his room. And he, um, he uh, had a conversation with him. And it became later that he tested him to see his, you know, where his, what his state of mind was. And then the monks all just waited. And then when he returned out, he made the announcement. And they all were very uh, interested um, that he was naming uh, the layman to succeed him. <laughs> so there was a, a respectful silence because the monks had they loved the master and they appreciated his wisdom and even though they had grown not to love the layman whatever the master said they would appreciate and the juji sunam was particularly just kind of ashamed that he hadn't been able to truly see this layman for what he was but only had many complaints about him and what he said to Sunam was that when I had my rice, I felt really badly my, the, about being so judgmental and almost mistreating this person, not respecting him. He said, I felt so bad about this that when I ate my rice, it just tasted like sand. So this layman uh, worked it out for his children to take care of his wife. And uh, they had a little variety store in the village. So they took care of that together. And uh, Sunam was told that the monastery really flourished because this guy had really learned a lot running a little variety store and taking care of all of his customers. And so he had a lot. Plus, he was interested in training his mind. And so he had a really lot to offer in the monastery. Well, here we are. We all made it in. I don't know if anybody was rejected. <laughs> all these characters that we are, you know, and uh, we have a lot to be grateful for, a schedule, one place, most of the place, food, other people. So this, um, this, this talk, I decided to call it a story to inspire you along 
and a song. So this is the song. Well, before the song, first of all, as we do our practice and participate in this kind of a retreat, we're actually working with the three great learnings, which are um, sila, shila, which is integrity, and um, samadhi, which is uh, developing a firmly concentrated mind, and prajna, wisdom. So we're working with those three. Integrity, when we first chanted Jabal at the very beginning, we agreed to keep the precepts, the fragrance of the precepts. It's part of the chant that we do each evening at the temple. Our meditation practice is about developing a samadhi, a strongly concentrated mind. Together, we're keeping the precepts here, we're developing strong minds, and that comes with them. And then with wisdom, we're able to live a mature life where we are not so perturbed by likes and dislikes, joys and sorrows. We're able to embrace it all. So Venerable Samusunam, gathering somehow from Korean Buddhist scriptures and from his own experiences, came up with the Song of Meditation for guidance. So I'd like to read it aloud to you. Some of you may be very familiar with it, hopefully even have it memorized. It has a great deal of good guidance for our meditation practice for the rest of the day. So prepare yourself for straighten your posture. Open your chest and your ears. You are a seeker. And you are also are a kind of sponge. So over your lifetime, you have sponged up a lot of experiences which made you the individual, the beautiful individual that you are with the quirks that you have and the development that you have. So you come to the meditation practice to find freedom from those environments and those quirks so that you may best turn to yourself. So here's the song of meditation. And then Sunam talks about wacho, it means your meditation practice, for those of you who have not heard this before. So, listening deeply. Song of meditation. Sit still, rest. You're one with all beings insentient. Rocks, Trees, mountains, rivers, clouds, sky. Breathe, concentrate. You're one with all beings sentient. Birds, animals, insects, worms, fish, humans. Arise from meditation with live wado and meditation light. 
streets, workplace, markets, travels, our Dharma realms. Wado is your tool to gain the single eye of wisdom. Its life comes from sincere heart and unknowing mind. Non-self, boundless heart, and first mind, the three ingredients in unknowing mind. Unknowing mind is a splendid world of infantile brilliance. Be a little dumb, pure, and innocent to enter this world so you may cry without bitterness, laugh like the morning sun. Like Dharma rain, Wadu embedded with unknowing mind, soaks your daily activities. Tears flow from skyscrapers. <coughs> Wooden men rise to dance and flowers bloom on highway signs. We sing of Sheila, remind you, enlightenment is instantly present in the mind of the beginner. Birth, death, and nirvana are always in harmony. Seeking or attaining enlightenment is the defeat of meditation practice. If such thoughts arise, wake up from ignorance, frightened as if swallowing poison. Each time you sit, you are a new beginner. The presence of awakened heart in the first mind is vast and infinite. There is no birth, no death, and no nirvana. Repent to surrender yourself if you have obstacles. Bow and perform prostrations if you have doubts. Do constant practice fresh in this moment if you lose beginner's mind. Here is a song for your everyday Dharma life. Meditation is knowing yourself. Knowing yourself is setting yourself free from delusions. Setting yourself free from delusions is becoming one with what is. Becoming one with what is, is enjoying formless life every day. Enjoying formless life is seeing yourself everywhere in happiness and sorrow. Serve all beings as Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Protect water, soil, and clean air. Praise the way of Buddha. Sun Mo Um. One verse I would like to comment on. T. 
Tears flowed from skyscrapers. Wooden men rise to dance. And flowers bloom on highway signs. What? these with other lines in poetry from our tradition like a stone woman dances a stone lion roars is when we shake free from our habitual patterns and our defilements we are kind of stone and wood and concrete one trick ponies often but through our practice, we eventually break free to dance, enjoying formless life every day, and seeing ourselves everywhere in happiness and sorrow. If not now, when? If not here, where? If not you, who? Please put your sincere heart to this time you have chosen to be present at Yongin Junction. 